Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Bexton and Emmy Cobes, welcome to Action City. Hi, everybody. How's it going? I love how I say hi, everybody. There's literally not a soul there. Well, you used to start the podcast being like, Emmy, but now that we do Instagram oh, Live. Emmy. Yay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Happy Monday. Happy. This is the Mondayest Monday, Monday. This is really a Monday. You yeah. guys really missed, thank goodness for you, the past 15 minutes of me complaining. I was there. I was right there with you. I, I, I have to get a better attitude. Co-pilot in the complaint train. <laughs> we maybe were not good. We needed one person. <laughs> one of us needed to be less complaining this morning than yeah. the other one because we just fed off each other's. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh-huh. We really did. But that's also the best when you're like, you know, you're not alone. <laughs> I'm not alone in the complaint. In the complaint department. The complaint department. I mean, it kept going and then I kept thinking of more things. And I had Sorry, like another I feel like 10. I lean back so far and it's oh, like, Okay, do we have some exciting news that oh we're going to share God, on the Instagram? Or should we wait? I mean, I guess, you know what? Because it's going to go on the podcast. Yeah. So everyone's going to hear it. Okay, I yeah. mean, what's the exciting news? Tell all of our viewers and listeners. I am pregnant. Yay! It was was a surprise. (laughs) Number three. Number three. I'll have three under four. (laughs) You are so much braver than I am. This was like, this was not planned. So, which is, you know. Let me tell you, if the third one is as cute and sweet as the first two, then you're just knocking it out of the park there's no possible way so <laughs> the third one's gonna be a complete i always terror. joke that the third just does you in oh I, my, not, the first did me in so which is why i only went to I two <laughs> well that's what one of my really good friends on saturday we had dinner with them and she's like well you've you've had easy babies and i'm like i was like nicole you better knock yeah, on something yeah, because uh-huh. zip it and like uh this is gonna backfire I mean, we've always wanted three. So that wasn't, so that was. So you knew that that was in your future. It just maybe wasn't in this exact future. I feel like we got vaccinated and went out a lot and just had fun. And Uh now that happens. (laughs) That happens. I would say though, like if I had to pick a pit, I mean, first trimester is pitfall because you're kind of alienated in your pregnancy. I mean, I did tell, you know, some really good friends and family and things like that, but just, Remember that, yeah, I just feel for all the women out there who are in their first trimesters or things like that because it is a very anxious time yeah. and you feel like utter crap. I and really I think felt the that. internet perpetuates the idea that a gazillion things can go wrong and which I think. Yeah, I think is a new phenomenon. Well, I think too. Yes, the internet does not help. Mm-mm. Does not help. But also, I feel like because this is my third kid. When I had my first, I was really one of the first out of my friends, and I just I, ignorance was bliss. I'd really yeah, didn't know a yeah. lot. I didn't understand really what was happening. I love to be body, in the dark, right? I love you it. were like, oh, I was really yeah. in the dark. I didn't read anything. I did. I just went with it to see what. And would like that's the thing is, I think with by now my third, it's like every ultrasound I know what they're looking for and yeah. every blood test I know what they're checking for and I think that that causes more anxiety it also it's also nice though that it's not foreign but yeah I mean I don't know this pregnancy the first it was rough I I will say but I'm feeling a lot better wait and oh gosh and we know 
Are, yeah. are we going to reveal the gender? It's a boy. It's a boy. Which that boy, was girl, another boy. thing. I, I thought a girl it was sandwich. A, I thought it was a girl. Like I really, if you would have been like, I bet you a thousand dollars, I'd be like, oh, it's a girl because my family is boy, girl, girl. So and you were thinking you would just marry what happened to Yes. Yeah, I just thought like, I, which is, I know is silly. I know this is all silly to, to predict a gender and whatever, but I just thought, oh yeah, this will be like my family. I mean, you know, I don't know. I just thought that, that would be it. So the fact that it's a boy, the fact that it was a surprise, it just all, and it's also tough. Like, you know, we didn't really want to tell Huffman I was pregnant because he's three and he tells everybody everything. Oh, he, he, the whole and, world would have known. Oh, yeah. Like, he would have been announcing it on, like, the airplane to Jackson Hole or the whatever. <laughs> and so I, yeah, so we, like, kind of tried to not tell him. But then, of course, he's smart enough to catch on. And so finally, I think I was, like, nine nine weeks pregnant. He looked at me. He goes, there's a baby in your belly. Did was, he really? Uh-huh. Wait, how did he hear you and Jeff talking? I think he heard us talking about me being pregnant. He obviously knows what that means. Oh my god. So well, you're so yeah, smart. So it's just like, I don't know. I mean, it's been just this experience. It's my third, but yet it's been totally different than the other two, which is also great. I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's different. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think at first we were I'm just I'm glad kind it's of not in... my baby and your baby, yeah. but I'm going to get to hold the baby. I think at first we were just kind of in shock because we weren't trying and the other two we tried and it happened. And this time it was definitely, I mean, actually we found out on Father's Day. So we had gone down to Fort Worth for my sister's gender reveal. Oh, right. And I was supposed to, things were supposed to happen that week. They didn't. And I was like, Jeff, I'm pregnant. And he was like, there's no way you're pregnant. And I'm like, I think I'm pregnant. And so Sunday was Father's Day. He played golf. And then we drove home to, from Fort Worth and we got home. And I had happened to have two pregnancy tests like in my medicine cabinet. And so sure enough, they were like immediately. Wait, aren't you supposed to do it in the morning or are they more high tech now? Like when I was. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so when I had the girls, you were really like it's supposed to be like the first time you pee when you wake up in the morning. Oh, weird. No. Obviously, technology has evolved yeah, no, no, no. in the past 16 years. Well, it's years. funny because now it's like when you are actually pregnant, it says you're pregnant. You don't have to wait two minutes. Maybe oh, it's like the, instantaneous? Uh, maybe with the ones with the digital pregnant, not pregnant, it makes you wait the full two minutes. But like if you're doing the ones with you the lines. With the little lines. The, it like you can see, this is kind of gross, but you can see your pee like going across the pregnancy yes, test. And it, just it like fills the up. first bubble and then the second. Oh. And you're, it's, it's instantaneous. Okay. I don't know if I told you this. I saved those disgusting oh, things. Me too. I have Did all you of say, mine. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I finally threw them away when we moved from our, from our old house to our new house a year and a half ago. They were in this drawer in my bathroom. And I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> Why? And by the way, they weren't in a Ziploc bag. No, they were just like sitting in this drawer. Mine are too. What am I going to do with those things? I finally parted ways with oh. them. Well, I mean, so I know I clearly know that I'm pregnant now because now I've got these two <laughs> teenagers. teenagers running around. They're yeah. reminding me every second. I found out I was pregnant with Huffman actually when we were in Jackson Hole, which was really special because that's where we got oh, married yeah. and it, it was really, it was actually very special. And then Campbell, I found out in Fort Worth, it was really, this is, I don't know, I guess I'll tell the story because she's fine, <laughs> but um, we had had a lot to drink. I thought I was pregnant. We decided to take the test and then I like basically... Like it was like, wait, you took the test after you'd had a lot to drink? Like you were still like drunk in the picture of uh -huh. me holding up my pregnancy test. I have You're like bummed. wine mouth. 
Which, by the way, she was fine. She's fine. She's fine. I, I It was one of those things where I was like a day late. So she, it was fine. It was fine. Well, so Gracie, I found out I was pregnant with Gracie. Is that so terrible? Should I have not? No, no, okay. because I... And I don't, I guess I must have been, I mean, I, I guess I don't, I can't remember if we tried. I mean, we must have tried. So <laughs> it didn't take me very much. So I was supposed to go the next day to France for a month oh, that's with right. Neely yes. and with Lee and Jackson. And Lee was pregnant with the twins, right? right? Oh, no, she had it. The twins were babies. The twins were babies. Right. The first time we went, she was pregnant with right, the twins. Right, right, right. She, was, she had the babies. Oh, my God, that was a wild trip. And it literally, the next day I was supposed to go to France. We were like going to a wine tasting the minute I got there. And I found out I was pregnant. I show up in France and Lee was already there. And I'm like walking up the driveway and she's like, oh my God, handing me a glass of wine. And I was like, and she looked at me and I looked at her and she goes, oh my God, are you pregnant? Who gets pregnant right before they come to France for a month? This is ridiculous. But you know what? I still drank wine. I still ate plenty of cheese. Gracie turned out fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was unpasteurized. Whatever. I went all, I ate it all. Oysters, whatever. That's a. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. Don't I, do what I did, by the way. But I mean, I, I, I was. I would say I like, have fairly good luck in this I've department. So I'm not going to have had a glass of wine or two while they're pregnant, and their children are fine. I had more. Than I personally glass or two have not drank during my pregnancies just because I didn't really crave it, and it just didn't. And what's like, really the point? It's what's the point? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, teach their own. And like, also, I look at my grandmother who had like a martini a day, and oh, my mom was chain she, smoking yes, when she was pregnant with me. Exactly. And yeah. you're yeah, you're fine. My dad's fine. I mean, I'm sort of fine. Yeah, I, I made it this far. I think Greg's great. So right. Yeah, Roberta, she They're was fine. Yeah, whatever. So, oh, um, I mean, God. obviously, we don't condone that, but no, we do know. not condone that. But when's the due date? I'm due. Well, I'm due February 25th, but. I've had C-section, so gotcha. it'll be before that. So, I know. And that's the thing, too. That's a it's a good like, time of year. It's a great time of year, and actually, my birthday is February 21st, so not that day. Any other day. Any other day. Um, Gracie's March 1st. Not that you're going to wait till March 1st. But no, I can't go late. You can't go that. Um, but that's the thing. It's like we really weren't trying because boots and ball gowns is February 5th. I'm going to be like three weeks oh. till my due date. <gasps> Um, so we had some things happening this year that had been pushed back from COVID right. that were hap- like my dad's 60th birthday celebrations. I was sober for all those. Like it's just some of these funds this fall, we're going to like my cousin's wedding in San Francisco. I was supposed to go on her bachelorette trip where we were supposed to go to the wine country. Yeah. So it's just. You'll forget about all that. Like I can't even remember things that I went to where I was like, I, I just remember that I, think I that this continued is drinking in like, France. That's it. This has definitely been the trade-off of having kids early, is that for a lot of my friends' bachelorette trips and weddings and things like this, I've been sober, which, or or super pregnant. Super pregnant. Yeah. So it's like- Bridesmaids in a wedding, pregnant. I had three pregnant bridesmaids. times I've been pregnant in a wedding. (laughs) No, two pregnant ones, one who just had a baby. (laughs) I am, so for my friend MK's, I think there were five of us who were pregnant. Oh, she's a good sport. She was a good sport. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like, but then on the back end, I'll be a younger parent. That's true. And guess what? You'll be out in the world enjoying yourself. Yeah. So by the time you're my age, Huffman will be in college. How old are you? 47. Yeah. I was 28 when I had him. Yeah. He'll be in college. Yeah. He'll be 20. I'm still slogging it out here in high school. Yeah. But you're not, I don't ever think of you that like. As being old. Well, was, <laughs> or is that? when's your birthday? November 13th. So I'm going to be 48 pretty soon. Oh my gosh. We'll have to do. Did I say November 14th? 
What'd no, you say? November 13th. 13th. Oh, thank God. I was, I was worried for this. what happens. Teenagers literally suck the life out of you. Yeah. So I guess that's our announcements. Okay. It's my, it's definitely my peak. And I'm, I mean, boys are really fun. I just like, it's so funny because I have a sister. You have two. Like having a sister really is the greatest. So I am sad for Campbell that she's not getting a sister. However, I'm happy for myself that I will not have two teenage girls. Yes, I'm happy for you too. Campbell may never get to go on a date though. I'm a little worried. Yes. She's like sandwiched in between these boys who are literally going to never let their friends talk to her. And we figured out that, well, Huffman has an April birthday. So I'll be interested to see which grade he ends up with. I think he'll be, they don't call it being held back. No, no, no. He'll just, he'll just go to kindergarten twice. I think he'll. Probably do that just because boys are immature and whatever. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, we'll do whatever Cassidy tells us to do. But Does that mean he'll be in the same grade as Campbell? No, they'll be oh. one grade apart. And then the baby will be two, like, it'll be fourth grade, third grade, first grade of Cope's oh. kids. Oh, three kids in college all at mm-hmm. once. Yep. And so I'm They're like, oh, wow, Cassidy's going to get real sick of us. Like, the divisions are just going to be, like, flooded. <sighs> be fun. It'll be fun. And Huffman started school. Oh, my gosh. He did. Honestly, this morning was a little rough. Not that he didn't want to go. I think it's just, like, a little overwhelming. And they're tired. They're exhausted. Like, even though he's been going to Mother's Day out, there's something about this whole notion of it's actually real school now, even though they're probably doing the exact same things. Right. Oh, my God. It was so funny when we were – before he came to Cassidy when he was still at uh, daycare. He was like, yeah – one of his friends' names was Rocco. He was super, super cute. Oh, that's cute. such a cool name. But he was like, yeah, Rocco's going to middle school. <laughs> I was like, it was like. By the way, if your name is Rocco, you are probably cool enough yeah. that you do go straight to middle school. No, no, school. totally he is. But I was like, I was dying laughing because he was, I was like, oh, Rocco's going to middle school. And he's oh like, yeah, God. he's going to big boy school. I was oh like, well, God. you're going to big boy school too. Not middle school, but anyway. So. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, th- I feel like I have a humongous week ahead of me. Like I'm exhausted thinking about it. Yeah. But we have book club tonight. We do. I didn't read the book. I oh, never read Annie. it. That's okay. Just, I wouldn't have read it. You know what? If I was you and I was in the midst of being pregnant with my third child, I wouldn't have read it It was just one of those things either. where I would get into bed and I was like, okay. You're exhausted. in this book or I can like Close watch. Close my eyes or watch a mindless show. My, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, now we're going to, well. Oh, and God. I've been nauseous at night. Oh. Like in the evenings, it's been kind of like around like 6 p.m. I've been getting nauseous until bedtime, which is so annoying. That is annoying. I didn't really ever have that situation. We also have a great trunk show at the store right now. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. We don't really know how to say it. Sable? S-A-B-A-L. So it could be Sable or Sabal. Sabal? Sabal. I'm embarrassed we don't know how to say it. But it's it's from Miami. It's all these like tie-dyed sweatsuits you can customize and camo jackets you can get a, a cardigan like old oh school gosh. like grease kind of it's it makes kind me of think Letterman of grease jacketish and actually that's like mm-hmm. and i i was talking to posey the cute girl who works at Greta. i was like okay i think i'm gonna for maternity order like the biggest size and make it oversized so that'll be perfect it's so yeah. cute but anyway so what okay. else is going on are you done I'm going to see Moon Taxi on Thursday night. Fun. By the way, I don't even know one song that Moon Taxi sings. I don't even know what it is. But Lee said, do you want to go? And I was, I just said yes. Because, I mean. Wait, that'll be so fun. Should I listen to some songs before? Yeah, it's like, it's upbeat. Will I like it? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. It's not dark. It's not like they go on. It's not like fish where they go on and play music and never sing. I like words. <laughs> Okay. okay. I'm only laughing because I have a Grateful Dead t-shirt that I got from Zara. And I love it because it's tie-dye and it has the bears on it, the Jerry uh-huh. bears. And um, every time I wear it, people are like, 
oh, like your shirt and stuff like that. And I was like, and then my brother is, he's a fish guy, mm-hmm. loves Grateful Dead. And so he's like, Emmy, name three Grateful Dead songs. <laughs> and I was like, oh my You're gosh. Like, this, is from, this is a fashion statement. This is not a statement I was on like, music. Reed, I honestly bought this because my kids love my bear shirt. Like it's a thing. But um, so then I was like, okay, the next time I wore this shirt, this guy at Target was like, sweet shirt, brah. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, okay. So I- have, I listened to Grateful Dead for like two days. Oh, that like I just days, turned it on Spotify. Yeah. How was it? So the word, yeah, the songs without the words are excruciating. They're like nine minutes long, oh, but the songs with the words, which is majority, yeah, were actually pretty good. They're like pretty good. I mean, for I hope I'm not offending anybody by being like Grateful Dead is pretty good, but I was surprised at how much I liked it. In right in college, when I had my summer internship in New York, I, well, I had it. No, not in college. Was it? It must have been. No, it was in high school. I take it back. In high school, uh, I had a pin. You couldn't do this now, but I had a pin that said, I'll be grateful when they're dead. Because, <laughs> I mean, when you're New England, like everybody's into the Grateful Dead and everyone's wearing Birkenstocks and like big furry, like wool sweaters. And it's oh, kind of like real saying. kind of like New Englandy, like. Kind like of like hipster. New England hippie, right? Not oh, like hippie. San Francisco hippie, but right. like New England hippie. And everybody loved the dead and fish and whatever. And I just could not take it. And so my my pin said, I'll be grateful when they're dead. <laughs> and then Jerry Garcia. Oh, that's what made me think. Then Jerry Garcia died oh. in, during my summer internship in New York. I was at work. Oh, so you like spoke it into existence? Well, I mean, he was going to die anyways. But oh. I mean, eventually. But, yeah. but so I remember I was at work in New York. Like summer after junior year, and I then I started to feel bad about the pin that said I'll be grateful when they did when they're dead because they did. They did. Well, just him, just him. That's what I asked my brother. I was like, "Are they all dead?" And he was like, "No, no, no. Jerry's dead." Oh well, I guess so. Like I didn't realize the movie Spinal Tap when the drummer like combusts. Yes, I guess I think it was. I'm gonna get this wrong, so I know I'm offending somebody who's a Grateful Dead fan on this podcast. Uh-huh, I'm sure I, I offended how, a lot of like, people. I know how hardcore they are, but I guess there was. I think it was a keyboardist kept dying on them. Like they had like three or four in a row. No. Yes. He was like telling me, and that's, I think how the spinal, spinal tap, tap yeah. came to be. Uh-huh. Well, so to make a long story short, I'll be going to moon taxi on Thursday night. I'll report back. You, you can borrow my grateful dead shirt. I, I guess Actually, I could. Actually, it's a different vibe. I, I'm going to have to, I don't know what the vibe is, but. I think it's like, like. I think we have a booth, <gasps> which is why I said yes. Oh, booth's the best. So. Okay. Actually, I wouldn't know because I've never been, but I've had a booth now twice. Though. You've had a booth? Oh. But, you know. The people who got the booth, though, had fun. They did. And really, yeah. Thank you for everybody who entered in our giveaway. Or It was oh, that very was spontaneous, fun. but yeah. It that was, was fun. really fun. So. Kaylee, we're sorry. Yes, we are sorry. Maybe I should call Kaylee see if she wants to go to Moon Taxi with me. She That's probably does. It's a great idea. Okay. okay. Guys, have a great week, everybody. Yes, have a great We're excited. Week. So excited about our guest on Thursday. Oh. Allison Nafee Dick brings 25 years experience as a location professional in Oklahoma. Allison began her career in Los Angeles working for Canon Film Group and NBC Productions. She has served many roles in the industry, location manager, assistant location location manager, location director, location scout, and production coordinator. Allison's current credits include feature films, Stillwater, American Underdog, The Kurt Warner's Story, and Hulu FX series Reservation Dogs. Additional credits include August Osage County, The Vale, Starbright, Location Management Department Wildlife, Scout, and I can only imagine Director's Scout, Location Scout. Allison's prestigious national commercial resume includes work with Chris Paul, 
Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Nike, Foot Locker, Sprint, True Religion, Mountain Dew, Air Jordan, Michael Jordan, NBA, and numerous national works. Allison is a native of Oklahoma. She grew up in Enid and attended Oklahoma State University and the University of Southern California, both in their film and TV schools. Allison, welcome to Action City. Looking for your voice to be heard? Have a passion and want to share it with those of a common mindset? Have a business or brand that needs to get the word out but don't know where to advertise? Contact Blacken Studios a full-spectrum, cutting-edge podcast studio that services clients from all over the country. Black & Studios offers you more than just a podcast. We offer you an experience. In-house production from audio-video recording, editing, marketing, advertisement, and exposure with over thousands of people listening weekly. Black & Studios doesn't hesitate to back local businesses. So when you want your voice heard, Blacken Studios has your back. Search Blacken Studios on all social platforms. Email at podcast at blackenstudios.com or visit us at blackenstudios.com. And remember, it's Blacken. Allison, hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Awesome. You're always going like a hundred miles an hour. I really, it's I, I, every time I see you, my energy bumps up like I ten know. notches. I'm like, oh my god, there's Alice, and I get so excited. And I'm like, I better get going. You need to just start better drinking my, my coffee, okay? So oh, really, gosh. what kind of coffee do you drink? Cafe Verona. Ooh, <laughs> oh, that sounds very, very fancy, yet probably not. <laughs> very bold. I like it. I well, was, our producer Richard asked me. He was like, "Oh yeah, how well do you know our guest?" And I was like, "I've known her my whole life, but I honestly don't know her story." So I'm actually very excited. Very, I'm very really excited. excited, and I haven't known you my whole life, but I feel like I've known you for past ten years, maybe a long time. I know. Yep. I this know. is so exciting. Should we get started? Yeah. And Emmy, that just made me feel really old when you <laughs> well, said, I've known you my whole life. I mean, yeah. it, at least since, or my sister's She's whole still life. young. Yes, She's I know. young. <laughs> I mean, as long as Sarah and Max have been friends, yeah. which has to be close to, I mean, they're t- almost 30, right? You're right. How old are they? Mm-hmm. 28. Yeah. So yep. they've been friends for... At yep. least 28 years. Well, 28 years doesn't seem that long now in my life. I'm like, oh, that's nothing. <laughs> no, I, know. <laughs> I know it. Oh, my gosh. Well, so where were you born? Um, I was born in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Enid. That's where I grew up uh, when I was eight years old. What was growing up in Enid like? Amazing. It's where I really fell in love with the film industry, I think, was in Enid uh, when I was a kid. Gosh, years ago, I was probably 10 years old. They were filming the movie Dillinger uh, in downtown Enid. And I don't know the movie Dillinger. I say, I don't it's know. an old, old classic movie. Um, and my dad just said, hey, do you want to go down and watch them film this movie? And I was so um, just amazed. In, just yeah, like the people, the technical support, uh, and just some of their setups and their scenes. And um and Enid, we've shot a lot of movies since in Enid. It's a great film community. But uh, growing up there was awesome. Um, it was a thriving oil community, small town, but it was great. So what was high school like? What were your interests? Um, did a lot of sports, and I did a lot of acting. I have a minor in performing arts, 
And that's really, really where I got my love for stage. I was a thespian. That's not a lesbian. <laughs> that's thespian. Uh, but uh, no, I had an acting group and performed. And did you guys do musicals or did you do plays? I did musicals. Did you sing? And plays. Horribly, yes. <laughs> but what was your favorite one? What did you guys do that was? Oh, listen, uh, we did Guys and Dolls, which was really fun, and. Uh, and ironically, Max performed in Guys and Dolls at Cassidy School, my I was, son. I think yeah. uh, Sarah didn't make the, <laughs> didn't she make didn't the cut. She didn't make the cut, yeah. and then we couldn't talk about it oh for like gosh. a long time. No, but it was it was great. It's just, and I still we still have you know uh, family business there. That I still have relatives who live there, and uh, it was just a great place to grow up. So where did you go after high school? I went to OSU first, and I studied radio, television, and film. And the day that was you could study that at OSU then. Well, yes. Was this a make up your own major, and you found you figured no, it out on your own? It, was, or it really no, was... It was in the school of journalism. I think that's what my mom was too. Uh-huh. Like I think it's in the communication school, right? Correct. In most universities. In school of journalism. Okay. Yeah. And it and as the day that I was enrolling, um, I actually met one of the deans of the school. Um, and they were looking for some radio talent. And I was talking. Of course, I talk a lot. And, <laughs> and I, you have a good voice, too. Well, I went over there. And um, I have a raspy voice. But I went over there uh, to the radio station and started working as a disc jockey right when I started school. Wait, can we hear your radio voice? Yes. Do the uh, announcement like yeah. how you announce at the beginning. Uh, let's see. This is Allison on the wings of K105. Nice. nice. What time of day? Because you had to do it live. I mean, it wasn't like mm-hmm. you did it and then played it later. Like what? Yes. Uh, I started in the morning drive and then I got promoted to the evening drive. That was wow. really a cool thing. And yes. Was this the university station or was this it, the it was Stillwater a, station? The Stillwater I guess rock and roll. Stillwater. Okay. I love yeah, it. I thought it was so cool. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. No, but I was playing a lot of dedications. So. <laughs> oh, I love I love the dedications. It was fun. I would do radio remotes from Eskimo Joe's. And, oh, nice. Oh. Mm-hmm. Did you do it all four years? No. Well, I went also to school. I, I met one of my good friends from my classes, Jody Rogers, who's very successful in the industry. And she and I also were fortunate enough to get on to – uh, and into uh, the USC have a film study program. Oh, wow. Uh, and we did that in the 80s. And if you know, I don't say any years. I just say <laughs> specifically because I lie about my age. And I just say the early 80s, the mid 80s, the 90s. And uh, and then we went to USC. And so you had, left OSU. Mm-hmm. You left that program and went to to, yes. to USC. Which I imagine is kind of the dream, right? It How is, did you know is. about that? I mean, oh, it was. If you were well interested, you everyone talked. Right. A lot of people were talking about it. And our professors were, were also telling us to, to further your education in film because at that time, OSU didn't really have film studies, they had more video. We shot a lot. Uh, I don't know if you can remember the old three quarter inch and the half inch and uh, probably before w- me in my time. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I probably Thank should. You. There's remember that it. age thing. Again. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. there it is. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> no, it was really great. And when we went there to USC, you had such great instructors. We had an internship at Universal Studios on shows like I don't know if you're too young for this. 
uh, Heart to Heart. Oh my God, I love that show so LSU. much. They were married and they were like, uh-huh. in, like investigate or police uh, officer. Right. Uh, Robert Wagner. And then we also got to do like a short stint on the show, The Jeffersons. Well, I know that one. Yes, I love that um, one. And then we got to observe and actually watch the director, Walter Hill, on the, the movie Streets of Fire. And that was really a big deal. And then Jody and I came back. Our last, it would have been our last fourth year being a senior to to actually be at OSU and to kind of mentor and to work and to finish up. We couldn't transfer all of our credits because OSU is a state school. USC is very private. And then we finished and then we both went back to Los Angeles and that's where I lived. So uh, what right was after. your degree in? My degree is in film studies and radio, TV and film. Do they still have that major at OSU? I'm not for sure. I'm not, I should know. Th- I, I have no clue. Well, if they haven't called you to come speak or something. Then they don't. They, yeah. They, you know what? <laughs> they no, they, yeah. Yeah. I did go back to, I've scouted OSU and I've done some commercial work there. Um, and I did speak years ago. I mean, I've been back here a long time, but uh, now I've scouted Stillwater uh, for the movie Stillwater. Obviously, the new, the movie out right now. Uh and that's the Matt Damon one, right? Correct. Correct. Oh my gosh. And then I've also been fortunate enough to work on some of their national commercials for ESPN, uh, which has been awesome. And and that was wild, just going back and our whole production crew stayed and it was like I think it was probably either a break or right on the tail end before all the students came back but we stayed in these really nice new dorms and i'm like i can't it's believe real fancy <laughs> it's fancy to be in college it's now really it really is not what oh gosh it was kind of so dorms funny we were but i'm like i cannot believe we're back uh, <laughs> in a in dorm, dorm. <laughs> yes <laughs> but no it's really it's it's really come full circle and i'm proud of stillwater i'm proud of osu and i'm proud of oklahoma city Actually, yeah. it's I know. So it's are really we. Amazing. So are we. That's yeah. why we love this. Yeah. Well, so take me back to LA really quick. So you graduate, you move out there. Uh-huh. What was that experience like? I oh, mean, it was hustling. Yeah, I mean, and mind you, this is before. Uh, this is before navigation. Uh, it's before we had I cell phones. Have a map, I can't we imagine. Had to write down the directions. Look, yeah. I mean, it's. I can remember getting my first cell phone, uh, but it's prior to right. cell phone, and it, we didn't have our laptop computers. It's. It was in the eighties, and it was challenging. But I was so excited. I got my first job at Canon Film Group, and I was excited. I think I was making like two fifty a week. <laughs> <laughs> Borrowing money for What was my your parents. apartment like? Uh, I had uh, three roommates, okay? So, uh, but we had a nice place in Westwood. and um, But I was proud of that job because at that time, Canon Film Group, they were producing more independent films um, than some of the major studios. And it was really... Um, it was exciting. I worked as an assistant to Alan Greenblatt, who was the executive producer with Menahan Golan and Yoram Globus. And it was exciting. It was fun. And was then, it hard? Was it all day, every day, late just, nights? So they did. It was a learning experience uh, because, uh, you know, you're in the real work world. And it was yeah. totally uh, – it was – it really changed – my look on production because at that time I really wanted to be 
a producer, and I needed to start somewhere. So, of course, you know, you start as a production assistant. I mean, I was on the bottom. What does that mean? What does a production assistant do? You are like everything, right? That is the entry level pos- yeah. position, um, and and I say assistant to Ellen Greenblatt, but also a production assistant when you're. You're helping them and going out in the field. But um, a production assistant is very entry level. Uh, I was working in the office and not so much on the sets at that time. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's anything that they need. If they need errands or if you have to do set runs or um, if you have to take a script and uh, color code it and do revisions, I mean. Is that still the entry-level position today? So if you wanted to start in this industry, you, you that would be the job you yes. want to get, production yes. assistant? Yes, if you want to work in production. Mm-hmm. That's yes. so interesting. I mean, I think that's so important, though, like to have that first job. Everybody's got to have your that butt first off, job. Learn as much as you can. Because as I'm sure as much as you were like coordinating craft services, you were also seeing amazing scripts and getting all this great knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Like, with the coffee rooms comes the cool stuff too. Correct. It's just right. you have to be able to do both. Correct. Oh, it's it's I I'm so thankful that I started at the very bottom of the ladder because if I didn't, then I wouldn't know what each department needed. Right. And it taught me so much. And I'm it's was still learning. You know, I've been a runner. I mean, that's part of it. You you run. And at that time without cell phones and you're on It was Los really Angeles, important. <laughs> yeah. I mean you had the four eleven, you know, you had your, your guide and you would stop at a payphone and make a call, uh, because every good PA you know, reports back to, you know, either yeah. your producer, your production coordinator, your supervisor, or whoever is your uh, department head to see if they need anything on your way back to the office. So did you so, just have a giant Ziploc bag of quarters? Oh, yeah. I mean, Are you kidding? <laughs> yes. I mean, you just had to have quarters be plugged in, but that's a responsible thing. It just teaches you, don't go back to the office until you make a call because they may need something else while you're out. So that's true. That's, that's what it was like when we started without cell phones. So. <laughs> I love it. I think I it's, um, I mean, yeah, you have to be more on my top kids, of it. My, my kids can't imagine what that would be like, a life without cell phones. Yeah. Well, no, I'm thinking, because I lived in LA briefly, just for six weeks right. for an internship, and I can't imagine navigating traffic without uh, my cell phone. Uh, or I think even back then, like, I don't know if my cell phone had the internet, but at least I could look up a map quest right or something you know right what I'm or at saying? least you could print out the map quest from your computer and yes, carry it yes, with you yes. and follow oh, it's along just crazy it's yeah. just if you got lost you were in trouble no it's just like i don't know how we did it we just did it <laughs> yeah because you know in los angeles you had the you know you have your big book and it kind of gives you guides and maps and i remember in clueless there's a scene where that she's he's like asking her directions to the valley and <laughs> yeah. he's she's like what's the number on the top and she's like there aren't numbers there are letters and then he's like getting really frustrated. And so I'm sure that's what it was. It was just like, oh, when Jody and I moved out there, and you know, if you've ever driven from Oklahoma to LA, oh my gosh, I've that done drive. It. Oh, it is. But, and then when you come into LA proper, and then you open up to like, what is it, six, eight lanes? And I would lose her. I'm, we would follow each other. <laughs> in cars. And then we were like always driving to like, not, you know, our first trip out, we were going to go stay with a friend in Ventura. And 
thank God she had my girlfriend's number because I lost her. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm glad she showed up that same day in Ventura because I'm like, where did you go, man? She goes, you, you were all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what's your kind of career path in LA? Like what's the next step after your production assistant? You know, I always thought in Los Angeles, I'd stick with production because I, I, that's, I've always wanted to produce. I loved uh, feature films. I loved documentaries. I, I've just, I just loved. You know, I was learning from producers and production supervisors. Um, and from the Canon Film Group, I was fortunate enough to go to NBC Productions, which did quite a bit of. Um, Oh, in-house, where they have their own studios at NBC Burbank. And so I was fortunate enough to work with unit production managers, and they will get assignments to specific shows. At that time, they were doing a soap opera called Santa Barbara. Oh, I love uh, Wheel that. of Fortune was really big there, and they were always there. There was The Tonight Show there. So if you could work with a unit production manager uh, for television, and that was all television shows, formats, and still learning the ropes. I also had a, um, oh, I was probably with Bill Phillips, and he was the executive vice president at that time. Um, and he did miniseries pilots and movie of the weeks. And back in the 80s, <laughs> um, that's what was really big, uh, was movie of the weeks. And that's you know, I compare that. I look back now, and that's a lot like our streaming services. Right. You know, we've come so far with uh, what we have and what's available to actually view from from our streaming services. It's the sheer it's, quantity of programs is, I think, it's crazy, mind boggling. It just it really is. And like yeah. I look at Netflix, I look at Hulu, I look at so I mean Google, uh, Amazon. I mean. You just, it's endless out there. Mm. So it's just really, it just blows me away. But that was a very much of a learning curve working for him. Um, and I enjoyed it. I learned more about budgets, how you put together a project. There were a lot of things shooting in Australia at the time and things shooting in Los Angeles and just really figuring out, you know, what it takes to be a producer. So how did you get back to Oklahoma? Well, I was dating somebody from Oklahoma City, and I actually met him when I was at school at OSU, and we had stayed in um, continual contact. We Not uh, via cell phone. No, not via cell phone. That was, <laughs> yes. Via an AT&T card and a landline. Yeah, yes, it was a landline. But no, we had dated long distance on and off, and, and you know... Um, we had just decided it was time to maybe give it a go and get back here and live in the same city. And, and we uh, eventually got married. So, Well, how long were you in L.A.? And then how did you move to locate? I mean, how end up, did you end up doing locations, no, scouting? How did you get to that? So I was I came back and really I didn't know much about locations. I knew what location managers were because, I mean, I just watch, you know, productions come together. Um, when I moved back here, I worked as a producer for Jordan Associates, uh, and that's an advertising agency here in Oklahoma City. And I was there shy of probably almost two years until I had my first child. And I s started 
thinking about freelancing at that time. And that's really how I came to meet so many of my colleagues here in Oklahoma. Uh, because as a producer, I was hiring a lot of the freelancers or putting a lot of productions together and hiring them and getting to know them and and how their life as a freelancer works in Oklahoma in this market. Because really in Oklahoma, especially at that time, it was probably mostly freelance. Was it? I mean, were there? I, I think so. It was to me. It was all new to me. Uh, a lot of times uh, we would hire production companies and call it a turnkey production. So a lot of times when you're doing commercials or for me, this is how it was at Jordan Associates, uh, I would get bids and quotes from uh, production companies in Oklahoma City and Dallas, Colorado, sometimes New York. Um, But those were more regional commercials. Uh, But I decided to start freelancing after I had my first child. And I was freelancing as a production coordinator and also finding locations. And at that time, we didn't have, and this is, again, late or or probably. Like early 90s? Early 90s. I would say like late 90s, but that was probably Mm mid-90s is when I really seriously got into more freelance and doing locations. There was more of a need for commercials, and some of these that were coming here were national commercials, um, and they were really needing locations. And having and then, grown up here, you well, I didn't had really, a little more of an in than they probably right, did. Not in Oklahoma City, but then I would have to really, you know, I grew up in Enid, but, you know, this is my home now. I feel like I have a good feel and a good flavor for what's going on around Oklahoma City and where sites are. And I'm also very blessed. I feel like I'm very connected to a lot of community leaders, um, uh, universities. I mean, you you become threaded and you kind of create your own network of people when you start doing locations. And I was just very fortunate. That's really how locations came to me because I was just freelancing as a as a, uh, a, a dual responsibility, so to speak. I was coordinating and also uh, doing locations, and it just got too big. You know, it was too <laughs> yeah. much to do two jobs and try to do them well, and I was really falling in love with locations. What about it made you love it? What was the hook? I think I. Th- I think um, I think what really became so important is that I figured that you can't tell your story without a location. Yeah. And it's still um, it's still part of that creative process. And I knew I I knew some location managers in Los Angeles and then I had an awesome mentor here in Oklahoma and who really just showed me the ropes. Who and was your mentor here? Scott Clark was my very first mentor. He really dragged me out of production and said, hey, do you want to come on and work as like a PA on Twister and learn the locations department? You'd be great. And he was already working in locations himself. And he also wore two hats. He also worked as a production manager and also locations and he goes, this is really a growing field. You need to really explore this and see, you know, 
See how you like it. Well, what foresight, right? I mean, for him. Right. I mean, to Mm -hmm. say that this is going to be a big deal because he was, what, 25 years ahead of where we are now? Right. I mean. Right. And it's really amazing because, you know, you look back then, we really didn't have just this. We didn't have a large crew base and we still are growing it today. That's when that's one of our that's one of our our big uh, points that we're trying to do with Prairie Surf Media, Green Pastures, Tulsa. Uh, they've got Red Clay Studios, the Cherokee Nation have a studio, but we're we're all in uh, a team effort here, Tulsa Market, Oklahoma City, to grow our crew base. That's really important. But back at back then, we just didn't have the crew base that we we even have today. It's amazing. So when he talks to you about Twister, did you know? Did you have some sort of insight into yeah, Twister were, being were coming people, a no. cult movie having How a cult did, following? I just like wonder, like when they brought that movie to fruition and they decided to shoot it here in Oklahoma, was that a very deliberate decision or was that more of like a budgetary decision? Like how did that happen? I think it was probably both. I I can't answer that because okay. I had that was like before I, I you, was, were, you weren't on that side I of was it. Really yes, I was such a baby in that freelance <laughs> world that I can't answer their decision to come here. Um I know that the film commissioner at the time, um uh, who was Scott Clark's mother, Mary Nell Clark, um, that she had worked with the studios and they, the studios send out, you know, a huge team of scouts, producers, and they really scout our state. It wasn't just our, our state. They look at all surrounding areas and really, um, you know, the areas that work best for their picture, you know, but I had really a very limited little, little baby PA, you know, can you help us find, you know, a, uh, we need a covered set to shoot a scene. And can you do that? And I really mainly just worked like in the Guthrie area and that's where they had set the fake drive-in up. uh, Yeah. And then a place in Norman is where we had scouted and that's, they shot so much in Norman and some of their, um, their actors actually stayed there. They had a production office also in Norman, but they were all over the place. So I just had a little baby, my first taste of really trying to find some place. Yeah, you know? but the drive-in scene is like the most iconic. Right. right. Well, and I, you know, I wish I could take credit for that scene, but well, I really can't. <laughs> I had to find a covered set for like. I don't even know what that means, a covered set. A covered set is basically like. Um, like a soundstage, like a place, a covered set, someplace where like you could. They didn't, before, like we didn't they really didn't, have sound stages. Like they didn't so what film did you that no, scene outside. We, they filmed it inside, but right. it had to look like outside. Right. Like getting um. them out. Uh, the scene I was really uh, hunting for was getting them out of their uh, cellar that was in the ground. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we ended up shooting that at Westheimer Airport in Norman. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's so! I yeah. just lo- like I love that movie just uh-huh. because it's so iconic. Right. Right. And then I remember we went to Universal and they we went on the ride oh, and yeah. did the whole thing. Yeah, and I've never been on the ride. I mean, the flying cow is like, yeah, oh god, I mean, that's best. yes. Yeah. I loved it because all my friends from all over the country saw it. Yeah, and I think they imagined that's what it's like when a tornado happens here. Right. Like the you know we're right. all in the shelters and cows are flying all over. Mm-hmm. They. 
And they asked a lot of questions <laughs> right. about tornadoes. Well, after I that. think that's how I damaged my son because I did take Max to the little, we had a local Oklahoma premiere. And I'd also taken him to the set because they, to create that wind force, they had a lot of jet engines, you know, out there just blowing the trees around and uh, and things like that, just to create the ground effect. And I think I scared him so terribly <laughs> with that movie because he was so young. Uh, and he, every time we have tornado uh, sirens or whatever, he would run to our basement with his Scooby Doo's and his blanket. <laughs> He's like, everyone in the basement now. No, like, He's like, this is no like, joke. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that I took you to that. But so, um, did you feel like maybe having Twister on your resume was? Did that kind of open more doors? And it just opened. It opened more doors for sure, um, and it also opened probably it just opened my heart and my mind and my energy more towards doing locations uh, and really what an important role that is um, and how many people I mean it takes a team so you can be a scout uh, and you can be a location manager but you can't do anything without a team and it was really just such a I'm so grateful for that experience because it just taught me so much it really it really did. And where we've come today, just with locations, it blows me away. I'm just so, I'm just, I love what I do. And I'm so grateful for the people that I work with. It just, it's awesome. Yeah. How does yeah. it, so when you get a script, it will say, scene takes place at 30 yeah. story we, office building. Right. Da, 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 and then you, the world is your oyster. Like A lot of the times as a location scout, or a location manager, you're typically the first person, the first contact that a producer or a director um, or the production company has with the state. You know, um, we're fortunate now uh, because we are online or we have a film commission and we have uh, real locations, real as in real. And then we have, locate, you know, crew that are now provided online, you know, freelancers, their status. It has a list of our credentials, our resumes are attached. Um, and, um, and that's, that's how recent, how long have we had those resources? Um, the resources, uh, at least online. online, we've had the resources mm -hmm. for a long time, but how long has it been online and easy for people to access outside the state? Um, well, prior to going online, uh, we used to just send them out a, a directory, you know, so we like a phone book, basically, basically. And, um, and, you know, that's been provided probably, I don't know, I would say 20 years, you know, with a directory and then getting more current with online services, you know, I would say probably in the last 15 years, but we really come full circle. I mean, our film commission uh, Oklahoma Film and Music Office is doing an amazing job promoting our state, uh, and they're doing marketing uh, events in Los Angeles, New York, uh, Sundance, um, and our online uh, uh, capabilities with the film office really highlights our, our crew. Is it and, a and government organization who 
or is it funded by it's a government it's an organization. industry organization okay mm-hmm. and we have we have the state office which is the Oklahoma Film and Music office we also have in Tulsa the Tulsa uh, Film Office which is headed by Abby Curran um, and then in Oklahoma City area we have Tavasovsky who is our Oklahoma Film director and she really handles the state um, but we have she has a whole team underneath her um, Yusef Kosimi is awesome. He does a lot of the locations. So they will also have packets. He can also now just do uh, something via online with them. You know, as far as locations, we all have photo galleries and what they're able to send from the film office to give them our pitch as a state to come and film really is amazing. Um, so that they really will open the doors for a lot of a lot of the work that comes to us. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. How does Oklahoma stack up among other states who are... We're red putting, hot right now. We are. We are so on fire. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, because uh, we have one of the largest productions going on in our state right now in Pahuska, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is gigantic. And it's been you know, in the makings before they even started production, you know, they were scouting our state probably two to three years before, before ever coming here. And it's also changed hands, um, prior to them coming to production. I think it was a Sony project and now it's an Apple project. Oh, wow. And the budget is just, uh, what is the budget? I hundreds I, of millions. I think it's, I think it's around $200 million budget. Wow. I believe. It's, Would that be the biggest movie made yes, in the state? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, August Osage County and Twister were very large productions, and but this really, I think, would probably take the cake on budget-wise. Yes. Oh, I mean, wow. it's really big. And there's so – the cast is huge. The The crew base is, is large. Um, we're also excited to um, – just finished season one of our first series ever in the state of Oklahoma. And what is it? Reservation Dogs. Reservation Dogs. And Tell, I need to know bi- about I this. mean, this is also a big deal. It's what a really big deal. streaming it's, service is it on? Uh, Hulu. Hulu. FX. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, mm-hmm. I think it's Hulu, right? And uh-huh. where are they filming it? All over the state? Or? No, no. Um, most of this is filmed in eastern Oklahoma. Um, our production office uh, was based in Tulsa. So... We also shot locations around Tulsa. Uh, we shot in Sand Springs. Who's the star in that show? Oh, uh, we have four teenagers. That okay, are, that's right. Are yes. they cute? Let's, um, let's talk about this. They are really cute. They're four. It's Reservation What's Dogs. What's it about? If you haven't seen it, it started airing on Hulu August 9th, mm-hmm. and we've We've been very blessed with some really awesome reviews. I'm also fortunate to be on that locations team. Because um, this is season one. Is, season one. And then season two, they're filming? No, we haven't started filming oh, season two yet. Okay, I like all sure. teenage shows. Okay, it's, so I'll be watching well, this. Well, it's really, it's, it's really amazing, and it's off the charts right now. And mind you that this was supposed to start you know, pre-COVID, before right. shelter in place. So uh, this has been on the books to start uh, in 2020. Uh, we, gosh, I know Chris Kaczarski, who is um, a business partner and also a colleague. Um, he first started scouting 
I would say in December or or January. And then um, my first day heading to Tulsa area was during the pandemic. And I want to say it was March, March of 2020. And the same day as I was driving was the same day I got a call to turn around and come home. Gosh. That that's when everything was was set to begin. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's so tough. Mm -hmm. It really was. And really it's our world changed. I mean, it's not just, not just that production, but our everywhere. It was Los Angeles, New York. It was All of us. So we were at a standstill. uh, And that's really when COVID hit hard. And we went back into production in August of 2020 uh, to produce the pilot. And that's what we were on our way to film in March was the pilot. So we shot the pilot for Reservation Dogs um, last August, September and October. And uh, the pilot was picked up and came back into production, um, gosh, around the same time that Killers of the Flower Moon came back to production. And so myself, my colleagues, Chris Kucharski, Dylan Brody, Eleni Fleming, um, Rocky Harjo, Steve Hannon, um, let's see... Demi, I know I'm missing somebody, Reagan Elkins, but we we all came back to work on this project because it's really exciting. It's our our first series, and it puts us on the chart, I think, um, as far as competing with other states to hold production um, on a um, on a daily basis. It's it's growth for us. It's producing jobs. It's giving us a healthy crew base. And um, and we're following very much in the footsteps of Georgia and New Mexico um, because they were they were very much like Oklahoma years ago, but they expanded into building sound stages and they also started their Georgia Film School, New Mexico, their um, and their incentives and their rebate programs. But getting these series into these states where production already existed, it really boosts our economy. It creates uh, more of a daily production status for us here. So I think very it, it grows the the workforce mm, for sure. It trains people because I think to hit the numbers we want to hit, we've got to we are growing got our a, crew base. Yes, I mean tenfold our crew base, mm-hmm. right? And with yes. things like series. People can work for longer than just a few oh, months you at a do. time. Or- and it's really promising because um, it's getting such uh, reservation dogs. Let me just tell you a little bit about the series. It's a story of four Native American teenagers who get in all sorts of mischief. However, um, this was also created by Sterling Harjo and Taika Watiti. And Sterling is, oh my goodness, he's such a gift to Oklahoma because he is a writer and a director. He's also the showrunner for Reservation Dogs. Um, but I just, I've again, I feel so blessed to be part of this team and this process because I haven't worked TV. I've not ever done a series. And I love that I can be this phase in my career and still have this experience to work this series, especially with my team that I just love working with. Um, it's 
it's amazing. It's been the most amazing process, but the scripts are fantastic. Sterling and his team are awesome. Is he from Oklahoma originally? He is. He's from Holdenville, and uh, that's where he grew up. And I don't, I can't remember if he's, um, I'm not for sure of his tribe association, but um, the the story really takes place, most of our story uh, for reservation dogs takes place in Okmulgee, Oklahoma. And I, mean, I guess I've been to Okmulgee. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Through, probably. Right. Well, I feel like I'm a pseudo resident. I lived there <laughs> I mean, for yeah. oh, five months this year. And uh, I, I tell you something, that town, um, it's the most uh, incredible set. It, it's the whole town. It just becomes uh, this part of the show, the, the character. That's why it was so good to have a locations rep living in that town because you live it, you breathe it, and you really do start working with all your city leaders. You know, we can't do our job without the property owners, the city um you know, we're guests in their community, and we want to come in, and we want them to be excited to be a part of this process with us. Yeah. So, no, it was really amazing. So, Mulgi becomes the home setting for this uh, this little town in the series called O'Kern. And, um, so, they don't call it Okmulgee. No. They changed the but name. But there's all the sites. You'll see it, and you'll know it. And we shot also in Tulsa. Um, Beggs, Oklahoma, Sand Springs, um, Tarleton, Inola, um, and it's a, it's a great, it's funny, it's great. Uh, is it scary? No. It okay, just, good. I think I can watch it. I then. think Sterling Harjo <laughs> has a gift to write just about real life experiences and he, he makes them fun, you know, and it also, these kids who, who get into mischief and they live in a reservation housing, um, it shows that they have real heart and soul and, um, and we're the tonight it airs on Monday nights. I think this is episode four tonight. Okay. And it really shows their growth as a character. Like it shows their friendships and their bonding. They get into mischief, but they always do the right thing. And they're your typical teenagers, but it's kind of how they make fun and of themselves, but it's their environment, you know? It's it's you got to see it. It's great. How incredible, too, that we could have a Hulu show shot in tandem as something as big as Flowers of the Killer Moon. Correct. And we're supplying the crew. Right. Exactly. Right. Now, Killers has a lot of of folks here from all around the, the world. And that is a huge production. It I'm really sure they is. have to bring people from all over. It is. Yeah. And, you know... We don't just have the series and killers. We also have a lifetime say, movie filming right lots. now. And my, I have two other favorite small towns. Guthrie, Oklahoma, <laughs> is a, one of my favorites. And they just finished. You know, I finished filming some pickup scenes for the movie Reagan that was also shot during COVID. Well, um, uh, who was in it? Why am I blinking? On Rachel, Rachel Cannon was in. Mm-hmm. Oh Reagan. wait, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she was funny. So we just did some pickup scenes, and I was fortunate enough after I finished the pilot on Reservation Dogs to come and work second unit on Reagan, and we were 
it's a COVID world, as I mentioned. So fighting with COVID and working in your zones as we do now, because that has changed how we work in film and TV. Um, you know, it did have to shut down early. So they just actually came back again this year and finished five days of filming just to complete what they needed to to get on with the editorial. That's amazing. Uh-huh. But we also have, um, we just finished, and this all started during uh, COVID after the pilot reservation dogs and Reagan, uh, I was fortunate enough to start the scout for American underdog. And that's a Kirk Warner story. And that's a Lionsgate production, uh, which is also being produced by the Irwin brothers, which I worked on the movie. I can only imagine and did their locations for them. Gosh, I think that was in 2016. And, uh, they are back here. It's Lionsgate. They just finished Unbreakable Boy prior to going right back to back to um, American Underdog. So it's been amazing. Yeah, that's a lot. So if you if you go to the Film and TV Commission website, can you see a list of all the movies? It's Oklahoma and t- Film and TV. Oklahoma Film and TV. Dot org. Dot uh-huh. org. Okay, Oklahoma Film and TV dot org. Can uh-huh. you see a list of all the What's going movies, on in our state? Everything that's mm-hmm. going on, everything that's been filmed uh-huh. here. If you wanted to watch, or be an extra, <laughs> or, if you to, well, well, there's a lot. If you wanted listen, to watch all those, it will. It, there's a lot of notices on there too. So just go to the website, mm-hmm. uh, and you will see what's currently filming, what's in the queue to film, what's coming up. And, that's awesome. And what's coming? Oh, I'm doing a uh, deep dive. Yes, on this. and also crew. What crew are needed? They'll put out a posting for specific crew needs per you know per project. Um, and it also has a, um, like a locations highlight. They're highlighting crew on there all the time. You'll see testimonials and interviews with specific crew per month. But yes, get say on that the website. website again. Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Film and Music Office dot org. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Wait, okay, the so wait, we got to say the, it. We're going to put it on. It's our, not the. It's, it's just Oklahoma Film and Music Office dot org. And I'll send you that uh, link. So okay, we'll put it. We'll put it on yeah, our yeah, Instagram. I definitely want to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think we are ready for first final question, okay. and this is this is great too because I want to hear kind of. I definitely want to hear your thoughts on the future of this industry, but also so. It's a three-part question. Okay. Oklahoma City in 10 years, you personally in 10 years, and then also this industry that you've, you know, in 10 years, kind of where do you see all of these things landing? Oklahoma City, gosh, um, it's taking flight again. It's crazy right now. I'm so excited. I think what Rachel Cannon and Matt Payne are doing at Prairie Surfed is off the charts. I think what uh, Richard and Amy Janes and Melody Garneau are doing at Green Pastures, uh, off the charts. I mean, I'm so excited. We've for so long needed sound stages and schools and academies, uh, a place to train our workforce to come up and know what they're doing and to graduate and go with confidence and work on these great productions. But, and to also bring in some shows, bring in some other series. And you can do that with some of these sound stages that we're building. Uh, So I think Oklahoma City is just, in this we're in a boom right now and it's only going to go up and it's so exciting and you know it's really funny for so long not only do we do commercials and movies uh and and series now but for years before 
before Rachel and Matt took over uh, the old Cox convention and have transformed it into our first real soundstage uh, facility here in Oklahoma City. You know, we used to go there and film like Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, uh, Chris Paul, Paul George, um, and all these Nike commercials because they are, it's a great space. And that's what we used to use as our makeshift little studio. Did you really? Uh huh. Well, there you go. So it's exciting to see what's happening, but I can only see. Um, we're just, we're in a growing pattern. We have good things coming to us and a lot of productions are looking at us to film, uh, for series work, for streaming work and for, um, for other film projects. They're looking, they're looking at us weekly here for some big projects. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So what about you personally? Oh, I hope that I get to keep working. I love scouting. Um, you know, I, I'm so blessed because I've been able to raise my family um, and our kids are getting older and just to enjoy life. But it's so uh, feel just really fortunate to be in a, in a business that I can still go out and scout and do what I love. And I hope it continues to grow. You know, I mean, it's really, it's really amazing to me. Um, You know, I have photo libraries. I know, I feel like I have a file cabinet in my brain or and I have a photo library on my computer. But it's really amazing. Every project requires something different. So it's really great to dig deep and do my research and really go out and scout and find something new. Um, you know, I I love finding the locations, but you know, in my job, the extra perk to being a location scout and a location manager. I think are all the people I've met along the way. I feel like I know so many people throughout our state and other states, but I call them friend. I mean, they've just become um, really great friends and uh, feel really fortunate about that. So I hope I get to continue to do it. Well, I think you're the epitome of showing that kindness gets you far, right? I mean, you're very sweet to everybody you meet, and I'm sure that they feel that. I just love to talk. <laughs> well, we do, we too. do, too. I just love to chit-chat. Yeah. Do you need a job at Greta? We love, people. We love to chit-chat. No, I would love that. Yeah. Can I get a discount at Greta? Yes, yes. yes. I can have the employee discount. Are you ready for final? Okay, so the final question. Mm-hmm. You just had this happen. You had family come from Spain. Mm-hmm to Oklahoma City to visit yes. you guys. Yes. What you, I'm exhausted. You, <laughs> the world is your oyster. You can take them to do whatever you want. Where do you take them in Oklahoma City? Ooh. What are your favorite spots? Like your what do you perfect, want to show people? Yeah, What's your, your perfect day? Oh, my perfect day is just taking people around our city. I love, I love downtown Oklahoma City. I love the transformation. I love our river. You know, um, there were there were some friends and people visiting this week from Seattle, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's night races. Go to the river. Did it's they go? Exciting. I was so sad I couldn't I go. I was I out know. of town. I, I mean, was I. Too. I went. I mean, I just love it. But I show them different sections. We have so many diff- districts. I mean, it's so cool to see the plaza, the Paseo, um, Sosa. I mean, just downtown, Scissor What's Tail. Sosa? Sosa is south of San Anthony. That's yeah. like the oh, modern that housing. Its, that uh-huh. has its own name? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's got to stop people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's just so much. But, you know, when the kids were in town, you know, um, my husband's kids uh, have children and they have babies. So we were very limited. You know, the zoo 
is also very important. Did you guys go? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just really taking them. We took them, you know, across country. We took them to our lake house. Uh, the little kids had never been on a boat or seen, you oh, know, uh, the lake or gone fishing. And, you know, they're tiny. So we just got to really enjoy family time and just showing them parts of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, and uh, things that were age appropriate for the little ones. For the but, little ones. Yeah. But it did was you just, guys go out to eat at all? You That's know, kind of hard when they're little like that. We You've got to have like a five o'clock dinner. We really did. No, but I definitely had a, a you know, uh, since it's COVID still and we're very aware and they're international travelers, you know, I did just do a really fun, you know, uh, family parties. And then we had a friends and family party where I did like a big stone pizza kitchen coming in from the club and um, just wanted everybody to meet the kids because of COVID. No one's been able to meet oh, or right, see because they were kids. born during COVID, weren't Correct. they? Correct. Correct. The oldest one's two. Well, right? it's been three years since yeah. our, my entire family's been together. Aww. So it was, it was fun. It was great, but uh, more family stuff. Uh, but no, we definitely, we definitely hit the road around town. That's for sure. That's so yep. fun. That is really and now you can go visit them in Spain. Oh, yes. I hope we can go to Europe. Yes. Yeah. We used to go uh, pre or, uh, prior to COVID. We would go to Europe at least twice a year. And we're excited to go back. And hopefully hopefully everybody stays safe and we can continue enjoying that. I hope so. I agree. Yeah. Well, so where can people kind of follow along? Where can people look up maybe you or do you have um, any social media? I I really, I, I have a, I have a link. I'm also fortunate to have a little locations company. Okay. And it's locations, uh, locations unlimited. And I have a partner. Dot com? Can, be, can yes, people get dot on? Com. Yes. Okay. And when you look at it, it's location unlimited, not locations, but location unlimited dot com. And I have a colleague that we created a locations company and you can follow along there. We've also created a locations supply company. So uh, if you're needing to rent any, you know, cones or location um, supplies, we've got it and we have it locally rather than having to go out of state to bring it in. That's what we've started doing. We're all about to, local. Yes. Yes. Keeping it local. Keeping it local. Yeah. No doubt. So yeah, you can follow along there and uh, I try to stay on Facebook when I can. I just, <laughs> I know, I it's a lot. I, yeah. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're doing so much cool stuff. I mean, it's like, it's hard to. I don't know. I don't even know what you could post, though, right? I'm sure there's lots of NDAs and things. And yeah, your project right. you comes attached with an NDA. Yeah. So, you know, you really can't talk about the project um, until it's really it's released. Yeah. Um, but. You, know, you need a little intern that follows you around, though, and takes pictures of everything you're doing. And then once the project's released, <laughs> that, yeah, they, then there's like a – they open the floodgates oh, yeah. of all the cool we photos. We do have a picture of you with Matt Damon. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, with yeah. Max, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised Emmy didn't go into her deep dive of, like, celebrity <laughs> gossip. Well, I, know, I mean, I, I can't better. believe it. Well, <laughs> I know better with Allison because she's – She's so sweet. She would never say anything I bad. Know. So no, I'm not. We didn't even ask <laughs> yeah. you your craziest celebrity story. I know. Well, mm. I feel like she wouldn't say she it. She wouldn't tell us anyway. So I have some. Mic, that, maybe. Nope. <laughs> Can you tell us who who the nicest celebrity you've met is? Oh, that's a good. I really think that Matt Damon was is seriously nice. and truly uh, probably one of the coolest people I've ever worked with. Uh, 
He's very authentic. He's down to earth. He really embraced Oklahoma. He loved the people here. And he seriously interacted with all of us. You know, you get onto a set sometimes and I'm in locations. I'm busy. I'm first on. I'm first off. You know, our hours, our days are 18, 18 hour days. And, um, that's not my job to talk to an actor, you know, and right. especially now, you know, we're all working in zones. So everyone's COVID tested. Um, and if you're in zone A, that's really where the actors are. That's where the director, the actors, that's makeup artists, that's where they need to be, you know. And I was, you know, always circulating. But Matt Damon just... And I've been so fortunate to work on so many different projects, but he's just down to earth. He's just like you and I and uh, just super nice. And he, um, you know, I part of the process of the movie Stillwater was really working research with Tom McCarthy, the writer-director. So he's writing this movie. He took this true story, put it, put his own twist on it. But then my job also, when he first came here, he had never been here. And we really just, you know, started researching the oil industry. And I'm, I, I'm attached to this awesome husband who has an oil and gas company. Right. Who we got on the speakerphone and really became a, a friend and um, an advisor to Tom McCarthy with the oil industry. And through that connection, we hooked Matt up with Kenny Baker, who became his inspiration for his role as Bill Baker for the movie. And I mean, and they are still bonded best friends, uh, Kenny Baker and Matt. And uh, Kenny even went out to the premiere with Matt and Tom McCarthy in New York. Oh, cool. uh And then we've, uh, we had a local premiere in Tulsa and Kenny was there and uh, it's just, you know, it's just this natural friendship. And, and Matt is very real with Kitty. I mean, he calls and checks in on him, and uh, he's just, just, um, he really just struck me. He's always standing out as just such a nice person, very respectful. Of That's so great. That's really there. You go. There's a, let's for, for end on a high ce- yeah, note for all the celebrity lovers. They're just like, like they're just like you and me. Yes, yes. Matt Damon's just like us. Yeah, yeah. no, I he is it. really. Well, thank Allison, you thank so you. Much. You're welcome. Yeah. This was I've been really like fun. really patiently waiting for this day. I know. I'm still Me not too. totally sure I understand how it works. Like I kind of want to just come be your shadow for a week or two. So I would I can, do. Oh my gosh. I so would. I can get like the nitty gritty. But yeah. no, well, I, I know more now, which I'm so excited about. Well, I'll give you a list. Just, you know, if you ever get a script or someone who says, hey, read this script, you know, and you'll see all the locations written down, just compile, you know, start, you know, composing your list of locations. And that's how you, you create your breakdown. And then you go out to scout, you'll take your, you know, your camera, you'll go out to scout, and then you always try to come up with four options to start with. Per location, per location of that script. Wow. And then you post them. You have a, a link for the directors and producers to see. And then after they start looking, they're like, hey, go back out and scout something a little bit different. Dig deeper. Here's more what I'm looking for. And sometimes they'll send you a lookbook or they'll send you ideas like of, of what yeah. they see. Yeah. Yeah. A Pinterest board. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh, 
or a Pinterest uh-huh. board. So it's a, a beginning process, but they beginning to tell you, you know, a lot of times it starts with research, but once you get that script, you just do a breakdown, you go out, then you start building your sites. And then once they choose these locations, then you start, you know, taking your directors, it's called director scout, um, you know, finalizing choosing and then you start your contracts you make it legal your insurance so you have to be very patient mm-hmm. it's a process and very detail-oriented mm-hmm. can you imagine if martin scorsese sent you a pinterest board <laughs> no. yes. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you, Alice. Have a great day. That we cannot awesome. wait to see what the next project is. And I'm watching yes. Reservation Dogs tonight. Me you too. better. My catch up. Okay. okay. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate your listening to these stories. You can find us on Instagram at Action City OKC. Or for business inquiries, email us at hello at actioncityokc.com. Action City is produced by Black and Studios. You can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Blackened Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll. <laughs>